Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer and His Word. Hello and welcome. We're so glad you're here. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for all that you are, and we thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord. We just are grateful for you. We thank you, Lord, and we ask you to open your scriptures to us, Lord. Minister to our hearts so that way we may see and know and understand what your good pleasure is, Lord, so that way we may do your word, Lord God. We thank you for helping us and causing our feet not to stumble. Make the pathways before us straight. Watch over our families, protect our loved ones, keep us safe from all hurt, harm, and danger, and allow us to enjoy this fellowship with you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'd like to start with the book of James, chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, where James provides encouragement, but also instruction where he says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So today we're going to discuss the purpose of trials. We're not going to take a traditional approach Because we are in a time and a season where God wants us to see things the way he does and begin to be effective in the ministry he has designed us for and called us to. And that happens when we understand him and his perspective. Hmm. Now, in the purpose of trials, there's two aspects here, but we're not talking about trials or suffering that comes as the result of our own sin or disobedience to the Lord or our parents, or riotous living, or anything that the Lord has already called sin and Mm -hmm. said that we should not do. Mm -hmm. Will he help you from those things when we submit to him and repent from a sincere heart? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But suffering or trials as a result of our own evil doing, the sin nature, are not the same as suffering or trials experienced for righteousness. So today, with this teaching, we want to talk about trials or suffering that comes as a result of righteousness, mm-hmm. or again, the purpose of trials. Now, as we go over this, we're going to draw from a few things that we've already learned. And so back in Isaiah 46, let's remember a powerful truth about the Lord, which comes from Isaiah 46:10. It says, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things which have not been done, saying, My purpose will be established, and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. Mm-hmm. This statement is true, even in the trials of our lives. And you may be asking, how can the Lord's good pleasure be accomplished during trials? Which is a great question. Mm-hmm. But one that in order to answer, we must first understand what the Lord is intending to accomplish, both in us and through us. And while there are many places in Scripture concerning this topic, 
we want to take a look today at the book of Job, mm -hmm. which will begin in chapter 42. So, yes, if you're there already, you will discover it's the end of the book, mm -hmm. <laughs> where the thing so focused on throughout the book, Job's suffering, has ended. So, again, going back to what we were discussing, let's focus on the Lord, mm -hmm. what he's doing, and what he's accomplishing. Right. Amen. Amen. So Job 42, verses 7 through 12. And so it was, after the Lord had spoken these words to Job, that the Lord said to Eliphaz, the Timonite, My wrath is aroused against you and your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Now therefore take for yourselves seven bulls and seven rams, go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering, and my servant Job shall pray for you. For I will accept him, lest I deal with you according to your folly, because you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite, and Bildad the Shuite, and Zophar the Namathite, went and did as the Lord commanded them, for the Lord had accepted Job. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then all his brothers, all his sisters, and all those who had been his acquaintances before came to him and ate food with him in his house. And they consoled him and comforted him with all, I mean, for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. Each one gave him a piece of silver and each a ring of gold. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. Now let's turn to the beginning of the book, in chapter 1. And we should go over verses 1 through 3 to read and compare. Where it says, There was a man in the land of Uz, whose name was Job. And that man was blameless, upright, fearing God, and turning away from evil. Seven sons and three daughters were born to him. His possessions were also 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and very many servants. And that man was the greatest of all the men of the East. So as we look at this, we want to get into to a very key thing here. Yes, the Lord did bless Job. And mm -hmm. He blessed him with exactly double mm -hmm. of everything. Twice as much as he was blessed in the beginning. Amen. So the purpose of the trial wasn't to take everything away from Job. And that's so, what's focused on so much in, in discussion about the book of Job is everything that he lost and suffered mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and had to endure. Right. But the purpose of the trial was to give him double of what he had before the trial. Right. So that was God's objective. Yes. Not Job. Right. Not me. <laughs> right. Right. That was what the Lord purposed to do. Right. Which is why James can say, consider it all joy mm -hmm. when you encounter trials. It isn't always the most wonderful experience. But we shouldn't have Amen. a negative perception. Does it feel great? Absolutely, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But anyone that's been through a trial, a righteous, as a result of righteousness, mm -hmm. a trial, mm -hmm. 
that comes from righteousness and has received the reward the reward mm-hmm. of the Lord can tell you the blessings far outweigh the entirety of the experience of the trials. Amen. Amen. Which only confirms his word as we see in Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity but to give you a future and a hope. The mm-hmm. Lord had purposed to bless Job and made a way or a reason <laughs> to do it. Yes, I know people are going, what about the devil? What about the devil? I can I can hear it. Sure, but we have to look at the trial as a whole, right? There's a, mm-hmm. there's a couple common truths that we need to, to go over, right? Let's look at mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 17. It says, no temptation has overtaken you, but as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Mm-hmm. But with the temptation, we'll provide the way of escape also, that you will be able to endure it. Mm-hmm. That was verse 13. So we, we must look at this because testing is not even allowed to come our way mm-hmm. unless or until the Lord knows that we are able to conquer it. That's right. And I don't mean barely escaping <laughs> by the skin of our teeth or mm-hmm. whew, made it out by a hair. And I, I don't mean mm-hmm. crawling across the finish line. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about is finishing strong, conquering, mm-hmm. and having victory over it. That's right. We can compare this to Jesus in the wilderness. He was equipped with the unbeatable power of the Holy Spirit and then sent into the wilderness where he was tested and tried. Mm-hmm. By the devil, and he beat him. That's right. This was the element to the greater picture in the testing that the Lord would face. But it still shows how the Lord arranges things and how we conquer. It is, again, the example and the pattern for us to follow. That's right. The Lord purposed that in his word, right? He says in Proverbs 21, 30 through 31, There is no wisdom and no understanding and no counsel against the Lord. Amen. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but victory belongs to the Lord. Hallelujah. So we need to put our faith, our hope, our trust, everything, the entirety of our being in him, in his hands. Mm-hmm. So now as we're, we were looking at Job, and we talked about the Lord blessing Job, right? That was the whole purpose of this, right? He, he made a way or a reason to do it, right? That's right. That's so let's right. continue with chapter 1, verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and from, to and fro on the earth, and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man? one who fears God and shuns evil? So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions and have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And then the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. 
only do not put forth your hand on him. Mm -hmm. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Now, as we look at this, there's a lot that we have to consider, mm -hmm. right? Because first, Satan is there in the presence of the Lord, right? And the Lord's asking him where he's, where he's at. And just like it says in Scripture, he roams about like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. Mm -hmm. We see that played out exactly here. Mm -hmm. But then comes a very interesting, a key point that we, we must grasp. Where did the idea of Job come from? In verse 8, it says, The Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? Mm-hmm. So in other words, we could look at this and from a natural perspective, say, this is a setup. <laughs> like That's right. You know. That's right. The Lord's got it out for him. Clearly not the case. Not out for Job. Not for Job. But he created, the Lord did, the, I'll say it's, it's the bait, if you will. That's right. To see what the devil would do. An opportunity. Are you going to jump jump on it? Well, he already knew. The Lord already knew what he was doing, right? Which <laughs> is why everything. he asked the question, have you considered Job? That's right. Right? And his answer demonstrates that. Clearly, he had been. He had kicked around every side, jiggled the handles and the yep. doorknobs to see if there was something open. And had to acknowledge, you made a hedge about him and his house and all that he has on every side. In other words, you're right. protecting him. So That's I right. can't get to him. That's right. That's key for us to know as believers that Satan can't just have free reign and access in our lives. You need to understand that and know who our father is and stand on that. Mm -hmm. He can't just have free access. And likewise, on the other side of that, for, for believers, we have to qualify to go to next levels. Like Jesus, yes, he is Messiah, he is God, but he had to go through and conquer and overcome to get that next step, to get that next level. Absolutely. We see this played out in our natural life when we... We do it without thinking, whether it's, you know, a, a parent to a child, you know, or even a teacher with a student. You teach them something and then it has to be demonstrated. That's right. The, the proficiency. Are you able to do this before they can move on and learn the next thing? Because there are foundational pieces that must be laid. The groundwork must be laid in order to get to the next step. That's right. And we're not saying you have to qualify for God to bless you because the Bible says he reigns on the just and the unjust alike. Absolutely. But to get to those deeper things, there has to be some proving out. Right. You have to be found trustworthy. Exactly. So, and again, and you, you already commented on it, that the Lord allowed this to happen, but he also restricted, he put limits on what Satan was able to do. You see that in verse 12. The Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power, only do not put forth your hand on him. Mm -hmm. So he received his instructions, his left and right limits, you know, if you will, of this is where we'll give you authority or power, if you will, uh, and this is where it ends. You can't go beyond this. He's contained, if you will, inside an area. He has limitations. Exactly. He has limitations. So let's continue. Verse 13. It says, now on the day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them and the Sabians attacked and took them. They also slew the servants with the edge of the sword and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another came and said, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. 
and I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands and made a raid on the camels and took them and slew the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And behold, a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell on the young people and they died. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Okay, now there's a key moment right there. I know it looks like everything is falling apart. Don't put your eyes on your circumstances. That is a key thing as a believer, especially when things are not going the way we anticipated or want or expect them to, is to not focus in on our circumstances. So as we are walking things out in the in the in our life and in, in reality of where we live, this is the truth. Close your mouth. Don't focus on the circumstances, but put your eyes on God. And remember him, that he is, he is a good God to you and he's a good Lord and Savior. Don't start going, woe is me. So I just want to put that in there. That's that, No, that's quick. a key <laughs> aspect and a key, a key piece of, of our walk, not mm-hmm. focusing on the circumstances. Now, we're not saying we ignore them. That's right. It's okay. It's a, I mean, these are his own sons and daughters. To acknowledge yes. and say that there is a problem. Because if you, you know, for healing, for example, if you don't acknowledge that there is a sickness presenting itself in the first place, how can you apply your faith to receive healing? You would say it doesn't. You don't need it because it's not there. Well, we acknowledge and then we address it with the word of God. And that also means that we don't accuse the Lord. We don't slander him. We don't say things about him that are untrue and unloving because there's that where's your faith at that point. If you're accusing God of doing, why are you doing this to me, Lord? That kind of deal. Don't ever let those things come out of your mouth. Keep your mouth closed and say nothing. If everything in you is screaming out, why? Put your lips together. Put your lips together. And if and you just, say anything, thank you. And just seek you. the Lord. And That's just right. seek the Lord, right? That, but Jesus also taught that in Mark, right? 10, 28 through 31. He says, or Peter began to say to him, Behold, we have left everything and followed you. And Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father, or children, or farms for my sake, and for the gospel's sake, but that he will receive a hundred times as much now, Mm -hmm. in the present age, houses, and brothers, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and farms, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. So we see that this falls in line with the plan of what the Lord is doing, right? Mm-hmm. But again, we also, if we look at verses 20, Job 1, 20 through 22, we see Job and how he conducted himself. Mm-hmm. It says here, Then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and he fell on the ground and worshipped. Amen. Amen. And he said, <laughs> Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then here's the key part. Through all this, Job did not sin, nor 
did he blame God? Amen. And that's, that's vital. That is so vital that he acknowledged where he was and what was going on, but he blessed the name of the Lord. He said, God, you're good to me. If you're faithful, the words that he used, bless mm-hmm. the name of the Lord, not accusing him, not blaming God. And he was also focused not just on his circumstances, mm-hmm. but his eye was on the bigger picture, mm-hmm. remaining on the will of the Lord, which we mm-hmm. see in verse 21, mm-hmm. where he says, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. Well, he is a grown man mm-hmm. with adult children, clearly. <laughs> right. And he just experienced this massive loss. Mm-hmm. But his eye was focused on being restored to the heavenly community. Mm-hmm. And and if you haven't heard the teachings on understand the will of the Lord, you'll find more information about that there. It's about when the Lord restores the heavenly community mm-hmm. and gives it back to the Father, mm-hmm. presents it to the Father. You see that in Revelation. You see it in Genesis. And it is yeah. the, the plumb line throughout the entirety of Scripture mm-hmm. where the Lord says, I will be your God and you will be my people. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a key, key, another key piece here, because Job, yes, while acknowledging the hurt, the pain, mm-hmm. the loss, the grieving, right, mm-hmm. shaving his head is was a sign of someone grieving, mourning, yeah, and and tearing his robe, mm-hmm. it, it is a outward demonstration of uh, severe um, emotion, anguish, yeah, and anguish, yes. Mm-hmm. But he mm-hmm. still worshipped God. That's right. And he was focused on the bigger picture, what the Lord was doing. Right. That phrase, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return, is not going, I ain't got nothing. I, ain't, I had nothing now and I ain't got nothing. It's, it's, there's no negativity in that because God wouldn't have responded the way that he did. And describing Job that in all that he did, he didn't sin or blame God. So if he had... That kind of mentality, if that's what he was actually talking about, how we've kind of heard it played out in um, maybe religious circles or tradition in our culture, then God would have had a totally different perspective on those words. But what he's talking about here, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return there. He's talking about salvation. He's talking about making it into eternity. Eternal life. That's right. Because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. But again... We also have to focus on the last verse that we read, verse 22. Through all this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. Now, let's contrast that, if you will, uh, with Adam Mm -hmm. in Genesis, chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. They heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, Mm -hmm. and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Mm Mm-hmm. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he, that is Adam, said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? Mm -hmm. And the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me from the tree and I ate. Mm-hmm. In other words, in one breath, he blamed both God mm-hmm. and his wife. That's right. <laughs> which clearly is sin, right? It's the complete opposite of, in this case, Job. His response. And his response, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Which he did not sin, 
or blame God. Mm-hmm. And it's important to note that Adam, now he's finding himself in trouble because of his own sinful actions mm-hmm. versus what Job is experiencing. He's being, he's righteous. He didn't do anything wrong, but he's suffering for righteousness sake, which comes with a blessing according to the word of God. Absolutely. The key part, not blaming the Lord, but worshiping him That's still right. That's right. in the midst of the trial and circumstances. That's right. You can't do both. You can't worship the Lord and blame him, you know, and, and thank him for things. You can't as do both Im- of those at the same time. It's an impossibility. Mm-hmm. But so as we continue, let's look at Job chapter two, verses one through 10. It says, again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. The Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. The Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? For there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. And he still holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him to ruin him mm-hmm. without cause. Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has he will give for his life. However, put forth your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse you to your face. So the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your power. Only spare his life. Mm-hmm. Then Satan went up from the presence of the Lord and smote Job, with sore boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took a potsherd to scrape himself with while he was sitting among the ashes. And his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God and not accept adversity? In all this, mm-hmm. Job did not sin with his lips. Amen. So there's a couple key things that we must look at here as well. Mm-hmm. Verse 3, the Lord again brings Job up to Satan. Round 2, if you will. Mm-hmm. Have you considered my servant Job? And then he highlights what he just went through. I would say boasting, but you know, this is mm-hmm. probably not the correct word for it, but it was, look, just like I just, the Lord is saying to, to Satan, essentially, just like I told you, mm-hmm. he's going to, he's going to pass his test. He is the all knowing God, right? <laughs> he knows so, everything we're going to do, say, choose. He knows it all. Right. But so he knew, he already knew. And he, he was now highlighting, giving Praise where praise was due, if you will. And <laughs> hey, like like our like parents do with their children. When they did well on a test, they're like, oh, look at what he did or she did, right? Look at what my child did. They did a great job, right? That's we right. acknowledge that. The Lord does the same thing with us. Clearly, we see that right here. But then he also sets them up again, if you will, if you look at it in a natural perspective. But you know, I want to say, who is he actually setting up? Well, he's really setting up Satan. That's right. That's right. By, again, presenting more bait. That's right. Are you going, is, are you, as in, is Satan going to take it? That's right. Because, well, God already knows, clearly, because Satan is devoid of wisdom. Oftentimes, we give so much credit 
to Satan as being this wise and, and he's not. That is a, a title that belongs to our God who alone is wise. Our Amen. heavenly father is the all seeing, all knowing, all, all powerful God, the almighty God. That is him, one and only himself. And those, those attributes, attributes should not be contributed to anybody, especially Satan, who is a fallen foe. And if we as believers just stand where the Lord stood, do what he told us to do. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We will whip him every single time. If we don't Amen. quit, if we do exactly what the Lord said, we say what he said, it is written. If we do that, we will always win. So obedience That's and right. faith. That's right. It's better than sacrifice. Absolutely. <laughs> so another key thing to point out here is God doesn't correct us with sickness mm-hmm. and disease. Mm-hmm. If we go through the, the rest of the book of Job, we see how God handled Job. Mm-hmm. He spoke to him. That's right. I mean, he, he might have done it with an angry tone, if you, depending on how you read the scriptures, right? But look at Job chapters 38 through 41. Mm-hmm. And even in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, it's the same concept, if you will. That's right. It's done through... Having a conversation having, with Exactly, them. conversational. Right. Thank you. It's done through a conversation. It would no different than how we would handle our own children, right? That's right. M- most parents handle their own children. It's a conversation. How are they going to educate? How are we going to educate them, to teach them, to train them, and encourage them if we're not having the conversations? That's right. Consider that it wasn't God who struck Job with boils. Go back and read the language. Go back. Even though the language initially sounds like the enemy's going, oh, God, you strike him. You put your hand on him. God's like, he doesn't even have sickness and disease. There's no sickness and disease in heaven. Where would he get it from? He has none, Right. That is a result of the curse. The curse has stemmed and sprouted from who? Satan, the evil one, the wicked one. So that's not something even in God's possession for him to do. Exactly. Verse 7 says it very plainly. Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and smote Job. So Satan smote Job with sore boils. That's right. From his feet to his head. Exactly. Not the Lord. Jesus also said, a house divided against itself won't stand. We see right. that in Matthew 12, 25, mm-hmm. Mark 3, 25, and Luke eleven seventeen. He bore our infirmities, carried our pain, and by his stripes we are healed. Right. So the Lord is there for healing, for restoration. That's what he does. That's, that's what the Lord does. That's right. We see the exact opposite played out here. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, and he himself, referring to Jesus, Jesus mm-hmm. bore our sins in his body that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds, you are healed. That's right. Confirms exactly what Isaiah says. Isaiah 53, 4 through 5. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we were healed. Amen. So we see that exact thing. What Isaiah is talking about there is what we see in Job played out. Right. The truth. The truth, although in Isaiah, he's acknowledging we had the wrong perspective. Mm. We have to transform our mind right renew that's, our mind right. to have a right view that's right of of what christ going and, on. and the accurate view of what is happening 
Right. And, you know, Jesus addressed that when we mentioned the, the gospel scriptures saying a house divided against itself. They were accusing him of casting out demons by a demon. And the Lord's like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> a house divided against itself will not stand. It's going to fall. So there's no way that he could be afflicting Job with sickness and disease or anybody else for that matter to strengthen them and build them up because <laughs> it doesn't do that. The thief cometh not but to steal, steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. God came that we would have life. Jesus came that we would have life. And, and have life abundantly. More abundantly. Yes, sir. So we want to talk now about how do you endure? Hmm. What do you need to do? So we're going to go back over some of the points that we've made in this teaching, right? The first one of how do we endure and what we need to do. Don't blame God for your troubles, neither mm -hmm. in your heart or in your mind. Right. For it, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen. So it won't be long that you will be blurting things out if you start mulling over those kind of thoughts and ideas. And no doubt the enemy will try to come with them. You heard Job's wife saying, well, curse God and die. Clearly, she was not speaking by the spirit of the Lord when she let those words leave her mouth. And there are going to be messengers of Satan that come to knock on the door and go, hey, why don't you just, and it'll be singing in your head, curse God and die, curse, you know, over and over and over in repetition. But what our stance is, the weapons of our our warfare that are not carnal, you bind that stuff up in the name of Jesus. You mm -hmm. bind those words up, everything that exalts itself Amen. against the knowledge of Christ. You bind it up in the name of Jesus and you cast it out. And then you speak just like our Lord and Savior did when he was hungry and weakened and being tempted. He said, it is written. Exactly. Standing on the word, standing on truth. Get in the word and find those scriptures to stand on. And two, we point this out, praise the Lord. Amen. Thank him. Thank him in sincerity for the good he has done and is doing for you. Right? That Amen. goes back to James. In your trials. Count it all joy. Yep. Count it all joy. So find joy in the trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Amen. And after the endurance, it will have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So in other words, this trial, as a result of righteousness, mm -hmm. is perfecting me, helping me to become conformed to the image of Christ. Right. Not by sickness and disease. No. By you conquering. All of this is about us conquering in the name of Jesus. Amen. We overcome the world by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. It is written. That's another way of saying it is it written. It is written. Yes. So praising the Lord, mm -hmm. because he is not the source of your trouble. That's he right. doesn't wish to do you harm. That's right. Right? And there's a, a myriad of scriptures we give about this. Psalm 22, 3. Yet you are holy, O you who are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. Amen. Hebrews 13, 15. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, and give thanks to his name. Bless your name, Lord. Let's consider how many times throughout Jesus. Scripture the enemies of the children of Israel were ambushed or defeated simply by the praises of God's people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they may have dressed out for battle, mm -hmm. but it was just praising the Lord, mm -hmm. holding fast their confession of faith and, and also acting it out. Trust in the Lord, mm -hmm. speaking well of him and that's what right. he is doing, right? That's right. And that's echoed in Hebrews 10, 23. Mm -hmm. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope 
without wavering, for he who promises faithful. Thank you, Lord. So call him faithful. Call him worthy. Bless the integrity of his name. You oftentimes saw the children of Israel going, you know, and God would tell them to rehearse this. I'm the God that brought you out of Egypt. Mm -hmm. Rehearse the things that God has done for you. You're the God that brought me out of the gutter. You're the God that restored me from sin and degradation or wherever you were. Rehearse those things out loud. Don't give in to the emotion and the the prompting by the enemy to get you to speak ill of the Lord. Remember, in other words, remember all the things he's already brought you through. Bring them to your mind. See that in Hebrews 10.35. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. Amen. And when we see that echoed here with Job, through all this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. Because mm-hmm. he, the Lord, is enthroned upon the praise of his people. A sacrifice of praise. So let's speak well of him, mm-hmm. knowing that his purpose and task is to do you good and not harm mm-hmm. all the days of your life. Amen. And in that Mm -hmm. also, we have to look at another key component, right? Mm -hmm. Which is forgiveness. Job 42.8 says, Now therefore take for yourselves seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up a burnt offering for yourselves. And my servant Job will pray for you. For I will accept him so that I might not do with you according to your folly. Because you have not spoken of me. What is right Amen. as my servant Job has. Amen. Thank you, Lord. But in order for Job to Thank offer up a prayer for them, he first had to forgive them. Because if you go mm-hmm. through the book of Job, there is a lot of conversation. <laughs> conversation from his friends, and it's not done in a good manner. Trying to accuse him, if you will. A lot yeah. of accusations by his friends of, well, you must have sinned, but not just saying it to his face, saying it in this twisted, manipulative you know, deceptive way almost. Roundabout, yes. Thank you. Roundabout Mm way. Mm -hmm. Instead of just getting to the point. And and these are supposed to be his friends. So he had to also forgive, which is Mm -hmm. the key to walking in love. Amen. And love is that which is required for our faith to be made active. Absolutely. If we look at the way God does things to get instructions or how to be an effective parent, whatever, right? We yeah. have to learn from his example. Mm-hmm. Just look at the example the Lord has given us, all the examples, mm-hmm. but especially in his son. But you might be saying, well, what of all the many words of Job, mm-hmm. right? And clearly that was part of the conversation and the education mm-hmm. piece, mm-hmm. Job being perfected, if you mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. So that's the more important aspect. What did God say? Mm-hmm. And God said, we had a great, we have a great high priest who was tempted on all points just as we are, yet was without sin. He understands us and he makes intercession for us to the Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. We see it demonstrated here. He understood Job. He let him express... He understood Job and he let him express the thoughts, feelings, and emotions that he was experiencing. But even for... Job's friends, who spoke wrongly concerning Job, God had a plan of redemption. Amen. Don't you love it? (laughs) Amen. Did God ask or did God plan redemption for them or did they ask him, that is God, Mm -hmm. and then it was done? So who made the plan for their redemption? Who made the plan? God made the plan. He had already set it up. It was already in place. That's right. They didn't even know they were wrong, per se. He instructed. 
mm-hmm. so that they could also be forgiven, mm-hmm. but come back into alignment with his plan and his purpose and what he's doing, right. which is needed That's for right. all of us. Amen. Again, did they ask him for restoration or did he plan and prepare restoration for them? And prompt it. Yeah. Before it was known, it was needed. That's right. So the, if we could adjust our binoculars, if we can just put it all together, think about how thoroughly God plans everything. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. humans see God as this sporadic God who's sitting on the throne and falls off every time somebody makes a mistake or gets outside of his will and goes, oh, myself, what should I do? Oh, Lord Jesus, what are we going to do? He doesn't think that way. He's already calculated, measured out, planned for, restored, and put into place every single thing that was going to happen, needed to happen, whatever be done from the beginning to the very end. And he did it from the foundation of the world. He's Mm. already done it all. That's why he could go, it is finished. When he said that, he meant it. Even though Mm -hmm. for us humans in the natural, it looks like we're just seeing it walked out. Jesus was crucified long before he ever got on that cross. Amen. He he had already denied himself. He had already crucified all his flesh. That's why he could tell his disciples, we got to go because the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. Amen. Amen. So what the Lord does will stand. Hallelujah. Absolutely. No matter what the enemy tries. And and the last point I want to bring out pertains to prayer, right? Because if we look at Job and we look at God's plan for redemption and, and asking Job to pray for his friends, what when it pertains to prayer, there seems to be this great mystery of prayers prompting the Lord to move. So I want to ask the question, is it you who calls him as is God, or is it he who calls you? Amen. In other words, is it your prayer, you bringing the matter, the prayer request, intercession over a situation, etc., to the Lord to move him? Or is it he that has brought the matter to you so that you can lift it up mm-hmm. to him with prayer for him to move? So if we look exactly what happened here with Job, the Lord asked Job That's right. to pray for his friends so that the Lord can move and restore them. That is that is his way. That's right. Yes, indeed. So if God asks you to suffer something, remember, it is always with the attention for your triumph over it. That's right. And for him to bless you abundantly in this life and for eternity. That's right. Jesus said so himself. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. If you have any questions, comments, a prayer request, or a praise report, please email us at adayofprayer at yahoo.com. You can also find A Day of Prayer on our website, adayofprayer.org, or Podbean at adayofprayer.podbean.com where you can listen and download the latest teachings. And we're also on Facebook, A Day of Prayer 2018, where you'll find updates, information about upcoming events and seminars, and the latest topics of prayer that the Lord is speaking to us. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.